Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. My dear cardio nerds, this is Amit Goyal. Join us on a new adventure as we journey through the maze of clinical practice guidelines. In this series, Decipher the Guidelines, we will take a deep dive into the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines, focusing on similarities and differences from the American guidelines. This is a multidisciplinary collaboration between the CardioNerds, the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Preventive Cardiovascular Nurse Association, developed with a mentorship from Dr. Eugene Yang. And remember, CardioNerds is a fellow-founded, independent educational platform. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our employers. Do be a nerd and spread the word on social media and help others find us by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, hope you're enjoying the intro music, custom mixed for CardioNerds by student doctor Hirsch Elhens, aka DJ Elhens, medical student at USC and CardioNerds Academy intern of House Thomas. And with that, it's time to get nerdy. The following question refers to section 4.11 of the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. The question is asked by student doctor Christian Falberg Anderson, answered first by UCSF resident Dr. Jesse Holtzman, and then by expert faculty Dr. Lawrence Sperling. Dr. Lawrence Sperling is the CATS Professor of Preventive Cardiology at the Emory University School of Medicine and founder of the Preventive Cardiology at the Emory Clinic. Dr. Sperling was a member of the writing group for the 2018 Cholesterol Guidelines, serves as co-chair for the ACC's Cardiometabolic and Diabetes Working Group, and is co-chair of the WHF Roadmap for Cardiovascular Prevention in Diabetes. Christian, what's on the menu today? Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I've got a really interesting one. Here it is. Medically supervised cardiac rehabilitation programs after ASCVD events and for patients with heart failure carries a class one recommendation. However, placement of referrals, uptake and enrollment after referral, and rigor of rehabilitation all remain inconsistent. What minimum cumulative duration of cardiac rehabilitation has been chosen as the threshold of effectiveness for cardiac rehabilitation by the European Society of Cardiology? A. 100 to 300 minutes for 10 sessions, B, 300 to 500 minutes for 16 sessions, C, 500 to 700 minutes for 22 sessions, D, 700 to 1,000 minutes for 28 sessions, or E, greater than 1,000 minutes for 36 sessions. Jesse, do you think you'd be able to help us out with this question? Thanks, Christian. What a great question you ask. I'd have to go with answer E. So that would be more than a thousand minutes for a total of at least 36 sessions. So cardiac rehabilitation is a comprehensive multidisciplinary intervention, not just including exercise training and physical activity counseling, but also education, risk factor modification, diet and nutritional counseling, as well as vocational and psychosocial support. You know, there's a broad evidence base that demonstrates that multidisciplinary cardiac rehabilitation and prevention programs after ASCVD events or after revascularization reduce recurrent cardiovascular hospitalizations, myocardial infarction, and cardiovascular mortality. So in patients with chronic heart failure, usually we're talking about heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, 
Exercise-based cardiac rehabilitation may improve all-cause mortality, may reduce hospital admissions, and can also increase exercise capacity as well as quality of life. Such programs include a wide array of activities, including physical activity, risk factor modification, psychosocial support, nutritional counseling, and much, much more. So despite the heterogeneous design of clinical trials, cardiac rehabilitation has been shown to be a very cost-effective intervention. Based upon the available review data that we have thus far, the European Association of Preventative Cardiology, as well as the European Society of Cardiology, proposed minimum standards for secondary prevention cardiac rehabilitation programs. Based on a comprehensive review of the literature, the ESC recommends that cardiac rehabilitation be multidisciplinary, supervised by health professionals, and that it should start as soon as possible after a cardiovascular event. Cardiac rehabilitation should include both aerobic and muscular resistance tailored to the fitness level of each individual participant. It should carry a duration of at least 1,000 minutes total, and it should exceed 36 sessions total. So this all sounds like great data, but the uptake still remains limited. Electronic prompts within medical records and automatic referrals should be considered to enhance referral and participation. You know, it would also be helpful to have future research that could explore the benefit of home-based cardiac rehabilitation programs with or without telemonitoring. Lastly, studies have shown that uptake remains lower in women than men, and targeted programs should be undertaken to address such disparities. So we are fortunate enough to have an expert, Dr. Sperling, here with us today. So Dr. Sperling, I would love to hear your thoughts broadly on cardiac rehabilitation, specifically wondering how can we increase referrals from medical centers? How do we increase patient uptake once the referrals are placed? And then how often can we do cardiac rehabilitation? If a patient has multiple cardiovascular events, can they do this more than once? So Christian, thanks for this question. And Jesse, thank you for your really, really sound background. It is wonderful to join the Cardio Nerds podcast and cardiac rehab is truly dear to my heart. So what a perfect question for me, especially for American Heart Month. These ESC guidelines are completely aligned with the guidelines in the U.S., And cardiac rehab, first of all, is more than just an exercise program. We talk about often exercise-based cardiac rehabilitation, but as you mentioned, cardiac rehab is really a program focused on comprehensive cardiovascular risk reduction. It's multidisciplinary and it is strongly evidence-based. So in the U.S. as well, cardiac rehabilitation is a class one level of A recommendation for various diagnostic categories. Now, you mentioned the greater than 1,000 minutes and 36 sessions. Just like with some other therapies in medicine, there appears to be a dose response. And the dose response is related not necessarily just to the exercise portion of the therapy, but it's likely related to participation in this comprehensive program. People who participate in cardiac rehabilitation tend to improve better in many domains, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. And unfortunately, I've worked in cardiac rehab spaces in our country and also globally. This guideline-based therapy that should be part of our comprehensive care is greatly underutilized both in the U.S. and across the world. We know that in our country, in the U.S., that 23% of Medicare-eligible patients participate in cardiac rehabilitation. That's 23%. And that even if we filled every single center-based cardiac rehab spot in the U.S., less than 50% of the eligible patients would be able to participate in this important therapy. And so therefore, we need new approaches, new care models. We described in a paper this past year, cardiac rehabilitation deserts. And of course, you would think 
rural areas might be deserts, but New York City is a cardiac rehab desert. So it's available spots for cardiac rehabilitation per 100,000 in the population. And so we need new care models. You talked about home-based cardiac rehab. The preferred terminology now is hybrid models. And with these hybrid models, the hope is that many of the underserved and certainly where we're seeing significant disparities in delivery of cardiac rehab, that will begin to close these gaps. There is evidence that having automated referrals help improve the referral process, but there's referral, enrollment, participation, and then there's also completion, those 36 sessions, and there's that dose response across the spectrum here. We do know that clinician referral and clinician support of cardiac rehabilitation is a really key element for patient participation. And so I would urge those who are serving others through the cardiovascular community to embrace, better understand, and recognize the benefits of cardiac rehab. We certainly want to have as many patients as possible participate in this both life-saving and quality-of-life-saving therapeutic approach. Incredible, Dr. Sperling. So my main takeaway here, Christian, would be that the current European Society of Cardiology guidelines provide a Class 1 Level of Evidence A recommendation for the participation in multidisciplinary cardiac rehabilitation programs, whether in-person or hybrid, for the secondary prevention of ASCVD events, including revascularization, and in individuals with heart failure, including outcomes such as patient outcomes. Jesse, Dr. Sperling, thank you so much for that enlightening conversation. That was so educational. Hopefully we can begin getting more folks to cardiac rehab as soon as possible. (laughs) 